Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell hive. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to The Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisler Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Well, guys, big, big news in the Star Wars universe this week. A huge video was released online promoting the Solo film. It's a Denny's commercial. And we're going to play it for you and give you our review of that and maybe the Solo trailer too on this episode of the Wretched Hive Podcast for Friday, April 13th, 2018, episode 59 of the show. My name is Steve Baldwin and the entire crew is here tonight. Yeah, we're reunited and it feels so good. And we are going to start it off with the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Stevie B, oh my God, I have so much to talk about. So, well, I know we got a lot of intros to get to, but I'm going to go a little bit long here because there's lots to celebrate, man. We've had birthdays up the wazoo. We got Stevie B, we got Scotty E. Everybody's got birthdays going on around here. So happy birthday, first and foremost, guys. It's the 50th anniversary of Space Odyssey 2000 and motherfucking one. 50 oh years, guys. Yeah. 50? 50. Wow. 50 yeah. years. It is the beginning of the NHL playoffs, the greatest sports time of the year. I am so happy, so excited. Baseball has started up. Basketball is ending. It's going into playoffs as well. Lakers aren't in it, but oh well. We got Solo coming in less than two months. And the end of this month is Avengers. Have I forgotten anything? Have I left anything out? The answer is I have. I've left one thing out. Congratulations, Steve. I saw you on Saturday Night Live this past weekend announcing you were pregnant, sir. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you for saying that. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. What the hell is Greg drinking tonight? I think he did some blow off a homeless guy's head before the show started, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Even the dogs are excited. Ooh, My God! Dogs out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was your musical guest this past weekend, Stevie B? Wasn't that you? Whose fucking dog is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably in the car. <laughs> oh my God! I was uh, able to make it tonight. Oh, it's Nico's dog. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's hilarious. as soon as I opened the door. That's okay. We'll we'll get back. We'll get back to the pregnancy on SNL. I don't know what that was about. We're just gonna move on now. All right. Uh, because we've got a well, <laughs> we've got a lot of introductions tonight, and uh, a lot of introductions. But I want to take up the whole show with my introduction. And Dave, that typically works. Dave has been very clear that he needs to get to bed on time tonight. So so that's we're gonna we're gonna make I'm that happen. Calling. Also on the show tonight, he is a lifelong Star Wars fan, 
Scotty Vansky. Oh, Steve, thank you so much for having me back. It's been like what two weeks? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's just welcome let's back, just, friend. Uh, Greg did leave something out. Uh -oh. I do want to add one more thing. There was okay. another birthday to celebrate mm. yesterday. Mm. Our very own Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. Yeah, How old right. is Daisy? She is an unbelievably old twenty-six. Hmm. So, Are you sure about that? Oh, you're right. Maybe twenty-three. I'll confirm. <laughs> I'll confirm when she's making me breakfast tomorrow morning. Oh, you know what? And actually, I'll add. Wow. I'll add another birthday, same as yours, April tenth. Yeah. Was this this year? April tenth was the thirty-seventh birthday. Of the, of the of the original Star Wars being called A New Hope. That is correct. <clears throat> yep, so we got a lot of celebrating to do. So that and Daisy's birthday is on my birthday. I'm going to keep going back to Daisy. Mm. I hope you guys don't mm. mind. I mean, honestly. Well, my birthday is right next to Natalie Portman. So oh, <laughs> yes. Woo. Well, that's a new voice that, that, that nobody has heard. So let me introduce our friend. We have a guest host on the show this week. He is the co-host of the Super Fantastic Terrific Podcast, our friend Brad Chowin. Brad, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I have a really good feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the only one. <laughs> well done. It's less good feeling than I did at the beginning, with a, but, but still pretty good. I am so happy to introduce this next uh -oh. uh, personality on our show. He is the captain of the... Millennial Falcon! Nico Rodriguez! Millennial Falcon. Oh man, it feels so good to be back. <laughs> I've missed you all almost mm. as much as I miss seeing stormtroopers be able to hit things. Wow. You, uh, you didn't listen to any of the shows though that you weren't on though, right? You didn't listen to the intros specifically of those things. Mm. You I don't think... think that I would spend my off time <laughs> listening to the four of you talk about some shit that I'm not involved in. Yeah, okay, great. good. Counting great. on actually. If he... okay, okay, good. I'm if just he... saying, good. If he did don't listen, go, don't to go it? back and listen. Yeah, he would not be on the show tonight if he had listened, Greg. <laughs> just two words for you, Nico. Oh, two words. Man. Two words. Sweet shouter. That's all I'm going to say. Holy shit. I'm so mad at all of you. You need Two to go. words. Brown Christmas. You need to go. <laughs> and finally. Oh. <laughs> Affirmative, Dave. I read you. We have. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Dave! I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. Under no circumstances. This mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it. Should you ever. Dave, this conversation can serve no purpose anymore. <laughs> and I mean... I'm afraid, Dave. No! My mind is going. I can feel it. Call him! It's called Daisy. Harry. Daisy, Daisy. Potter. <laughs> well, guys. I'm sorry. Daisy's got to go home. I could not hold it together. He's got to go now. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was surreal and creepy. Thank you, Mr. Lent. Thank you to my favorite rebel scum, Steve Baldwin. You're very welcome. Thank you to you, our listeners, wherever, whenever you're listening to us. We are... Six by six just sounds weird. We're five by five plus one tonight. Yep. Woo! 
Don't yes, make me are. do math, Dave Potter. Right. Math is hard. Yeah, I know. I know how well that went the last time. So, uh, speaking of math problems, Daisy Ridley turned twenty-six. Okay. She was born in ninety-two. Uh, I will give a prize to anybody who knows her full name without looking it up right now. And Five, four, Dave three, Potter. two, Dave. one. What's her full name? Dave. Dave Potter. Daisy Scott Ridley. Dave. No, Dave. incorrect. She oh, but Daisy explain. Scott Ridley would be great. Dave, though. she has four. That would, that, would be pretty, that would be pretty strong, but no, that's not correct. All right, what's her name? She oh, has, wait, Scott it, knows. She has four full she, names, and I does. just and I can't remember. It's a weird spelling of uh, it's. It looks like it's supposed to be Isabel, but it's Isobel, uh, and I can't remember the other one. Oh crap! <laughs> well, yeah, well, so, well. While we're discussing the names here, I have just now realized with Dave's authoritative tone that I need to have like a point counterpoint type show with Dave playing the McLaughlin group guy <laughs> in that role. <laughs> That's what I need in my life. Wrong. You need me playing the McLaughlin group guy. <laughs> All right. What's her, what's her name, Dave? Daisy Jazz Isabel Ridley. Jazz. Oh, yes. Yes. Nice pull on and, Isabel. Yes. And by the way, Scott, props to you for the picture you posted of her, because at the risk of making this weird, I swear to God, looking at that picture, I forgot my own name for three seconds. Yeah. That is a damn right, buddy. picture yeah. of the actress. Hey, she's, she's 26. You can say that. She's smoking hot. <laughs> she is. Wow. Well, guys, yeah. if you... Can I interrupt for just a second? Post. Like, when your screen goes off, that porg is, like, staring at me on the computer screen. <laughs> Talk about creepy. I was, like, all excited to come see this porg, and now he's, like, like staring over my shoulder. <laughs> I love that the, <laughs> by the way, I love that the porg is the big draw, not being on the show with us. If yeah. that porg the porg wants to be closer? rescued, Brad. The porg, porg is looking for an escape. <laughs> and that's not duct tape. I did, I did notice the, the locks that he has on the yeah. door. <laughs> Well, if you have ever made love to my Porg, uh, give us a call and let us hear all about your experience. You can call the Wretched Hive hotline at 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E. And why do we spell it out, Dave? In case you can't spell Hive. you goddamn right. You. Exactly right. And, guys, big, big announcement today are you ready are you sitting down yes yes all right good <laughs> guys we have an app the official what? yes the official wretched hive podcast app called the wretched app is now available on the itunes store sorry nico it's not available uh in uh, android yet but on the iTunes store, now you need to update yours. That's the demo version. Yeah, I know. I get it. It is, uh, it's a great place to follow the show. You can stream every episode of the show, see all of our show notes with all the links. You can connect to all of our social media feeds, get news about special events, uh, including, by the way, our uh, Star Wars trivia night that we're hosting at Timeless Pints on May 3rd, coming up very soon. The podcast strikes back. Uh, my favorite part of the app is that you can play the show elements. You can play Bob Iger. You can play the Millennial Falcon theme. You can do all of that, all within the app. And we're starting the app off at the low, low, low price, guys, of free. What? All of that How for free. How do we do it? Uh, all you need to do is go to your, open up your iTunes bookstore or, or iTunes app store. Try that first. Yeah. Uh, search for the wretched app. 
breathe heavy into your microphone like Nico is right now. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> and you'll get that app for free, so check it out. Take a look. So, hey, Scott, do you remember your password for the iTunes store so you can download the app? <laughs> uh, that's asking too much of him. Come on. He's he's uh, biting his tongue right now. It's uh, it's Dave Love Sweet Sweet Porg seventy two. If you don't want to check us out, check out the app. You can also find us online at uh, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. You can go to our home on the web to find all of our show notes. That's Wretched the Wretched Hive net, and you can tweet at us at Wretched Hive Pod. So there you go. Alright guys, we are packed with news, so we're just going to jump right into it. Here we go. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Well guys, big, big news in the Star Wars universe this week with the official trailer. The final trailer, the full trailer. For the Han Solo standalone film, what we're going to do, we're going to play a little bit of, of it right now, and then we're going to comment on it. So here we go. I'm not giving you Chewbacca. Got Han Solo? Done. Collect all 12 exclusive trading cards and try a new movie-inspired menu only at Denny's. Oh, sorry. That was the Denny's commercial. Oh, my, my bad. My bad. That, I don't remember that part of the trailer. Sorry about that. <laughs> Hey, that, that commercial was pretty solid, actually. I only played the end there. But if you go back and watch, there's some pretty good uh, shots. Well, it has some really good, like, of the alien creatures that actually look like Star Wars creatures. Um, yeah. Unlike some of the recent films. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that it's got that going for it. And, and it made me also think of there was an old Gary Shandling routine where you talk about, like, late night at Denny's or something, about how bad the food was. Oh, yeah. And how, like, yeah, the waitress, yeah. you know, looked like she worked at, you know, some Reno, you know... <laughs> You know, you know one of those beehive hairdos, <laughs> no, and she'd yeah. hold the plate up and go, "How does it look now?" That gives new meaning to that because when you're sitting next to Yak Face, <laughs> your uh, breakfast is going to look a lot better. Oh my god, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt about it. All right, for real now, we're going to play the trailer all the way through. It's about two and a half minutes, and then uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. So here we go. This is the new Star Wars trailer debuted online. On April on Sunday, April eighth, my birthday. Thank you, StarWars.com, for that. And uh, here we go. You're after something. Is it revenge? Money. Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together a crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. <laughs> L3! Let's go with a mean man's face. Who are these guys? If you come with us, 
You're in this life for good. You might wanna buckle up, baby. Some advice. We assume everyone will betray you, and you will never be disappointed. I got a really good feeling about this. Since when do you know how to fly? I'm 190 years old. You look great. Push it. you have it solo <laughs> man that thing looks fantastic oh, yeah. i cannot wait to hear what you guys think of this trailer um scott what are your what are your first impressions i mean you got to be impressed oh yeah um the one thing i like the most about this I, it you know it doesn't feel like a star wars movie and not in a bad way it feels like an adventure that's supposed to be a separate entity mm. i like that it's giving us the idea of this famous character and even and, okay let me just put this out there i'm still not a hundred percent sold on uh but he's got charisma and it's tough to get harrison ford out of your collective memory yeah I think this guy's going to do a good job, but you have a supporting cast that just knocks the hell out of it. I mean, Danny Glover as Lando is sweet, sweet awesomeness. Yeah. And He's getting too old for this shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Chewie is... There is a moment where I did feel the connection between uh, the young Han Solo and Chewie. There is that little... They know how to talk to each other. Oh, I'm... I'm I, I feel the same way. I mean, Alden really brings it in these scenes and uh, my overall impression I've got to say is the the whole look like Brad I kind of feel like they're they nailed the look of this it looks like Star Wars well yeah like the whole Canto bite aliens were interesting but it looked like something out of Brazil like Terry Gilliam designed the aliens or the creatures in that you know casino scene where this it looks like you know you're right back in Mos Eisley Cantina even though you're not yeah. seeing the same aliens you like they feel like they're from the same world. Yeah. I wonder if there's an atmosphere Absolutely. thing going on because there's a lot of steam and it looks yeah. a little grainy in parts and it just feels. I think it f contributes to to the look and feel of it is that sort of like graininess and it's not clean. It looks just yeah raunchy. dirty and dingy. Yeah, yeah. Especially the the scene where he walks in. It, okay, so the other thing that I wanted to just point out is the western feel of it. Mm. The first two shots you really get of Han Solo are from behind the shots with the the camera focusing on the holster. He's facing down that that gang of uh, what looks like a bunch of Tatooine like bike riders or something with the with the Kylo Ren silver like, mask guy, <laughs> like swoop bike riders. Swoop Scott? bike, yes, swoop yeah. bike. Yeah. So talking about that, there's a lot of callbacks that are being identified here to old canon and to um, uh, extended universe. Um, and Dave, I'm wondering what you thought of of some of that in this trailer. Um, well, first of all, Dave, what was your overall impression? What did you think? I just remain focused on Donald Glover and how awesome he seems like he's going to be as Lando Calrissian. He just seems like he took that little talk he had with Billy D. Williams to heart, where Billy D. Williams famously was like, 
kid, just be cool, man. Just be cool. Because he's just he's oozing it out of every pore in yeah. every frame I have seen so far. And I'm I remain intrigued and I want to see more of and learn more about uh Lando's robot, uh L three thirty seven, or Leet as I like to call the robot. Oh, you mean Captain Phasma? <laughs> Did anyone so, else think it was Captain Phasma's uh what's her name? Uh his voice? That last no. scene? Oh my god. I didn't get that at all, but I wow. will next time I listen to it. Listen to that scene on the train where like the the robot says something like I'm so glad we took this job. Mm. That line just brought that voice to, like to life. And I apologize. I said Danny or uh, Danny Glover. Yeah, it's it's Donald. Donald. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I got lethal weapon for in good. My mind. Yeah. Yeah. So Nico, I'm curious to to hear your take on this. Um what did you think of the overall look of this and are you excited to see this movie? I'm so excited for this movie, but I am I'm a little disappointed in I don't know if I could say the franchise as a whole. Like do these movies count as franchise movies? I suppose they're all the Star Wars franchise, but I'm I'm a little disappointed in the fact that Do you mean canon? Oh, it's a, are, do you mean uh, I, I guess all the canon films. It just I I'm disappointed in the Star Wars universe and the people making the films right now because it feels like hmm. They're using all the robots as just, like, for their comedic relief. That's all they are. Hmm. Every, like, we got, you know, episode 7 and we got the BB-8 and the thumbs up. And then we get the, hmm. um, <clears throat> the, the next movie that came out and we get the big... Now I don't even remember his oh, name. K2SO. K2SO. <laughs> and then he's, you know, the comedic relief. And now we're getting another new robot that just seems like just more comedic relief. But isn't that um, what, what the original Star Wars was? Was R2-D2 and C-3PO were like the comic relief. They were like the Laurel and Hardy of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's I, kind of staying with the... I don't know. It's just, it's just, it falls more into line with just how I feel about like the force comedy of most of the films now like they're just shoving funny moments in our mm -hmm. face instead of letting them happen naturally you know but what's overall, interesting i'm super excited for the film you know nico um i so i watched the trailer um earlier tonight with my son for like the 12th time and his comment was exactly what you're saying he said it seems like the, the every movie has a new sidekick robot that's funny true and it was it felt a little bit like it was getting a little bit old for him, so mm -hmm. so you may be onto something there, Greg. I want to like, ask you really quick. Just let me move on, Nico, really quick. Sorry, um, yes. Greg. Are are we on Corellia there? You think at the beginning of that shot, at the beginning of the trailer? Be, yeah, where they're building the very beginning, where they show the under construction uh, star destroyer. Yeah. I, yes. I I get the feeling that that's probably going to be Corellia because that's where he's from. That's where he grew up. That's where he gets discovered. Now there and is, then we'll, we'll move off Corellia at that point. There um, is mention, I believe, in the expanded universe that Corellia was a compound for building uh, Empire tech. If, right. if, if I remember yeah. correctly, I could be wrong, but I thought that that was one of the cases. So seeing a Star Destroyer being built in the atmosphere, that really made me feel like that's Corellia. That's, we're going to see his home planet. Well, and of course, Han brags about um, out-racing out Corellian cruisers. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, and the other thing is, is is the original descriptions of Corellia in in uh, the old expanded universe, the non-canon material, 
made it much more dingy and uh, a little scummy feeling. Mm -hmm. Like it was a, a city that's been worn down, kind of like a planet, but a large area of it was incorporated and run down. So I think they're going to make it a little bit nicer. It seems like some of those sh those shots make it look a little bit more of a glamorous city, but. I'm good with that. So I want to touch on something that uh, I think Nico said about the humor piece of this. And uh, there's an interview I have queued up here, guys, from the Star Wars show. Uh, this is... Oh, shoot. What's her name? Andy Gutierrez, the host of the Star Wars show. Um, she's got um, Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover <laughs> on. And she asked them, how is this movie different from other <laughs> Star Wars movies that uh, we've already seen? So check this out. It has a lot of jokes, a lot of humor. You spend a lot more time dealing with the feelings and the kind of inner life of the characters and kind of all the characters in a certain way in this one. So I, I, I thought that's just, I had it queued up perfectly. Um, what do you make of, how, how to say it, the marvelization of the <laughs> Star Wars universe with these sort of like over the top funny moments that are riddled throughout the Marvel Universe, and there that is it seeping into Star. Now, Scott's leaning back with his arms crossed, so I, I'm I'm thinking you disagree. No, no, no. I I want I want other people to speak first. It's worked pretty well for Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> I would right. say. I mean, their right. most recent movie made like over a billion dollars, and yeah. Avengers is gonna go through the roof, whether it's good or not. I mean, I liked of the Thor movies, the last one, which went much more towards a Guardians of the Galaxy style oh. humor. Oh. Over the other two. That was Dave, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Dave, you want to weigh in on this? You didn't uh, like that? <laughs> the la no, the last Thor movie, honestly, was... I, I didn't think it was very good. I thought it, it was oh. not the tone of what a Thor movie or a Thor comic really is. And if I wanted that kind of Guardians of the Galaxy style shenanigans, I would go see the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean... Which I love. <laughs> I don't know. The next, the next... I mean... The next thing you know, you're going to tell me that DC movies are going to start lightening up and try to inject humor. And <laughs> Jesus, that's not what we want when we go see a DC movie. We want just soulless shit that just depresses the hell out of us. Nico, does it bo does it bother you that there's this comedic element that's being woven in, or are you taking it as like this is just the trend and you, and you're uh, you're you're willing to roll with it? I mean, as long as it's done in a way that feels natural. Yes. In, in in the context of the movie, I'm totally all for it because we've I mean we've had this conversation over and over again on the show, right? Yeah. The original trilogy had plenty of funny moments, but they don't stand out to you at the end of watching the movie as you know that funny moment. You might remember it, but it's not something that like felt cringy. I don't know, like the 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 new movies, they have these moments that are just like. Okay, cue funny moment now. Yeah. Okay, we're moving mm -hmm. on. And mm -hmm. then it's just like, I don't know. It's like they have a quota when they're making the movie to like inject these moments of comedy throughout and they don't feel natural. So I th think, though, with this character and this story, um, it'll like hopefully feel more natural to have all those moments because of who the character is and the dynamic that he has with, you know, his Wookiee co-pilot and Lando yeah. and and hopefully all these comedic moments feel like they're supposed to be there at the end of the movie. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on. Oh, go ahead, Brad. I was just gonna say, it's, I guess for me, I grew up you know watching '80s action movies, <laughs> and I'm just so used to like you know 
when Arnold Schwarzenegger goes to kill someone, he sticks a pipe through him and he says, why don't you let out a little steam? You know, I'm just used to that. <laughs> so, like, seeing that in any movie doesn't bother me because I guess I was trained from an early age that when an action hero kills someone, they've got to deliver, you know, some corny, funny line. Yeah. Now, I, I want to jump in between both of you. You, Brad, uh, with what you stated about Guardians and the Marvel stuff, and Nico, um... So, real quick, I, I get what you're saying, Nico, and I'm on board with that. My first initial fear is that it's going to be over-the-top humor. Yeah. And when, and when you mentioned, Steve, the Marvelization or whatever, Disney has a tendency to, well, hopefully know their property and know the audience and know how to address it. This is what my, my fear and my hope kind of run parallel right here. <clears throat> with Han Solo, you have the opportunity to have natural-feeling humor because we know who that character is, how he interacts with his other characters, his friends. So there is that chance. If they go too far, it could become a Guardians, which yeah. I love, and Thor 3 is amazing. Sorry, Dave. But I love that the way that the humor played out. Yeah, you just don't you, want you Star like Wars the last to go Jedi. There. No one's listening to your movie reviews anymore. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. By the uh, way. Well, yeah. the, the, but, the, but Thor 3 was amazing, though, regardless of what he thinks of last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing Thank is, I, I think your fears are okay, because yeah. I think that's why they got rid of Lord and Miller. I think they were mm. taking the movie in too funny of a cornball direction. And I think that's why they brought in and they looked at the dailies and said, you know, like, there was some article about, oh, this is turning into, like, an Ace Ventura. You know, you don't want yeah, Han Solo no, talking out that. of his butt cheeks. Well, right. So well, I think they brought in Ron Howard, who's, you know, done a lot of mainstream movies, the Apollo 13s, you right. know, yeah. to smooth it out and bring it back more towards, you know. They, they're going for a humorous slant, because it's basically like a buddy heist movie. Yeah. Right. But they're trying to bring it, they're, I think that bringing in Ron Howard was to try to bring it back towards the middle. Well, yeah. and, and Kasdan said yeah. early on, this is the best and the funniest Star Wars script yeah. he's been involved with. So I think the intention from the beginning is to give Solo these um, this yeah. levity yeah. Um, about him. Well, there's your but, credibility. But not with, to take it too far over the top. Yeah, your credibility with Kasdan is what is one of those saving graces yeah. for me. Uh, Kasdan can just write the shit out of a script. I mean, he is he's a director, he's a writer, It's he's got some of the greatest films, the most enjoyable character-driven films. So to see him and his, first of all, his experience in the Star Wars universe, write this movie, and I'm, again, I know we've had this discussion many times on the cast, uh, Ron Howard looks like he is the one that's going to be the one that grounds this and makes it, like you yeah. said, Brad, a, kind of a mainstream film with those funny elements in it. That's my hope. That's yeah. where I'm, that's my direction that I'm really fingers crossed for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it what was I going to say? The the other part to me, I think, of bringing Ron Howard in, because I agree with the idea of they were trying to bring it back, the pendulum had swung too far, but the other part was just simple, simple professionalism or production value going into it. Uh, Miller and Lord have this very improvisational style where you do, you know, multiple, multiple, multiple takes. And that's just not typically how these big budget blockbusters are done. You pre-visualize everything, you have discussions with your actors before you do the shoots for the day, and you kind of go into it knowing this is what you want. And you don't really need probably more than five or six takes to really explore everything that needs to be explored and get it all done. And with improvisational style, you do multiple takes upon multiple takes. And it just, it wears people out and I think you really don't have a sense of what direction the movie's going to go in. I think it's why a lot of these modern kind of improvisational comedies feel so unfocused at the end of the day. It's because they lose the through line and the plot line through all the onset improvisations. And you're just left with trying to cut together a total mishmash to try to 
get a film working. And that's fine if it's an Adam Sandler comedy because who the fuck cares? But that's just <laughs> not going to work for Star Wars. I totally agree with that. And again, it's it's when you've got a script by Kasdan, you don't want to do 25 improv takes when you've got a script by a guy who's has a proven right. track record, record of being a great writer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Let's take his words and mess around with them and then add a fart joke in here, you know? Uh, no, 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 no. So also in this trailer, we've, get, uh, we've got some really great shots of uh, the card game, the Sabacc game, it appears, where Han wins the Falcon. And, and Drake may have commented on how great some of those shots were when we were supposed to be singing Happy Birthday to you this weekend, Steve. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, the trailer dropped right when they were singing, so I was, I was pulled between two groups yeah. here with my wife glaring at me. Get over here! Greg and I were like the seventh person to watch it on YouTube, according to the number of people who had viewed it at that point. Uh, you've also got um, my my girlfriend, Amelia Clark. Who looks much fabulous. better with darker hair. She looks amazing. I love her on Game of Thrones, but it always bugs me when I'm staring at her with that hair and she's got like the dark eyebrows. It just, yeah. you know. Uh, it doesn't bug me at all. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Brad. I've, been told, the right bangs, you at I've the been told the bangs are not her best look, though, yeah. which I, I is interesting. And I'm going to have to pay more attention to that next time I watch the trailer. Wrong. No. <laughs> Fake <What>? news. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Uh uh. Bangs, man. It's all about Betty Page bangs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, retro. Yeah, <laughs> Love, lovely woman. Um, we got to talk about that train scene at the oh. end. Whatever that thing is, that thing is so cool. Yeah, I love that scene. I I have a standout moment. I want to talk about the train scene also, but okay. there is one actual moment that threw me for a loop. The the one character I've had a lot of reservation about was Woody Harrelson's character, mm. and I know where they got the idea of the character. It is a different person than the old. Uh, From the what books. Are, yeah, what are they called now? Legacy? Is that yeah, Legends. 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 So I know that they based that character off of it. I'm okay with that. But what really got me was he has one of the most powerful lines in this entire trailer. And it's just the way it's delivered. I hope it's not an alternate take they're not going to use. They use that line. It's when he says, when you're in this life, you're in it for good. Yeah. And I love that. It is. It just hit home with me. I thought you were going to say moment. the other. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, I was going to say, uh, along that line, uh, the kind of throwaway moment in there that got a lot of attention online, I think a little more so than it deserved, but where Woody Harrelson kisses the gun and throws yes. it to Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Awesome. yeah. deal 44, yeah. Yeah. Which is great. I love that they, they did that just sort of like unceremoniously, just like, here's a gun, kid, and it turned, it's, you know, it's, it's the just, DL-44. Yeah, I want to see that, that scene great. actually play out. I want to yeah. give it more credit once I see how it's really played out. Because I could see people getting, are you saying, Dave, people got upset about it? Or? Yeah, people are like, it's too casual. It should be better. Why are you putting in the trailer? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Jesus, people, just go see the movie. Just get over yourself. <laughs> see, I love that it's casual. You don't have to have this monumental event on film for every single little detail. Yeah, it doesn't need like to be it. the yeah. hat scene from Indiana Jones where the Tomb Raider goes, you know, gives him the hat. Yes. It yeah. says, you, you lost today, kid, but you don't right. have to like it. Exactly. It doesn't have to be that. Yeah. You, you can just pick up the Good lightsaber pull. and throw it over your shoulder. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> since, oh, since Scott started it with the favorite moments from the trailer, yeah. does everyone yep. have like a... Because I have a favorite moment. Yeah. And it could easily oh. be a Lando moment because every time he's on screen, <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, okay, so when are they announcing the Lando movie? Yeah. But for me, it's watching Chewbacca take that guy and he does some like 
WWE rock wrestling move yeah. and body slam some guy to the ground. And it makes me think of, I remember, I don't remember which book it was. It was one of the Legends books where there was like this scene with all these Wookiees breaking out. They were on a um, Star Destroyer and they were taking out stormtroopers left and right, yeah. breaking out. And I'm just like, oh, they got to put this on the big screen someday. Yeah. Yeah. So to see... Chewbacca kicking ass like that was yeah. my standout moment. Yeah, that's yeah, a great Brad, moment. Brad, I got to agree with you on that one. I was When you were saying favorite moments, that's the first thing that came to my, my mind. And it's not just that he, like, body slams him. You know, it's almost like he plants him headfirst into the ground pile driver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, was, yeah. it was straight out of the WWF back in the old days. <laughs> now, you also have a couple of other interesting Chewie scenes here. You've got him... Uh, sort of like looks like emotionally saying goodbye or acknowledging another Wookiee. That's Mala. Come on, it's Mala. It's a throwback. I will say, <laughs> if if that is a female Wookiee and her name is not Mala, oh, I'm gonna be pissed. That's gonna be yeah. That's the upsetting <laughs> moment right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, not buying Mala, that DVD. Riot. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, this you is know, this is Disney's chance to show all of the fans that yes. the extended universe isn't completely gone. Yes. If if that if that happens, Steve, then I'm going to return my copy of the Last Jedi. Oh, oh, did I? I'm sorry. I didn't. <laughs> well, didn't they already make Lumpy like canon yes. in one of the new books? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yep. they did. Yes, so, they did. Good call. Does anybody else notice though that whenever <clears throat> Han is standing, like? Uh-oh. His microphone turns off. Yes, I've noticed that. <laughs> so Alden, I thought he was just going to make a really good point. So Alden, I, he does, does this every time he's on I our know, podcast. I know. He like teases us and leads us in with this thing, really insightful thing, and then just drops. Have you noticed that? It's yeah, like every, the second or third time. You're right, Dave. Every time he's on the podcast, like once every four episodes, <laughs> whatever. Um, no, but Alden is significantly shorter, and I think smaller. It's like more like more slightly built than Harrison Ford, I think. So okay. he looks a little to me, he looks too small in some of the scenes. Well, he, he could just be oh. a much younger <laughs> version. Nico. Is that Nico? Is that Nico? Yeah, sorry. Are we getting an echo? Yeah, we're getting a little bit of First echo. First we had the car, okay. then we had the dogs. Now it sounded like he was like tasing somebody this in the is, background. This is typical. It's <laughs> <laughs> typical. <laughs> this is why we miss him. <laughs> Anyway, Nico, you were about to make a great point. You got cut off. What were you going to say? That every time you see Han Solo's two feet on the ground, his hands are on his belt. And every scene of the trailer, go back and watch it. Okay. Whenever huh. he's standing on the ground, his both of his hands are on his belt at his hips. Huh. In every scene. I will have to go back and check that out. Why do you think that is? What's your is What's your the, theory there? It's a badass belt, probably. Have yeah. you seen that belt? <laughs> I mean, either that or he's Ricky Bobby, and he don't know what to do with my hands. So every scene he's just standing there posing like he's on the cover of a magazine. If, if I stab myself with this knife, I will. Not feel it. <laughs> uh, so one other interesting Chewy fact that is revealed: at the time of this movie, Chewy is 190 years old. Now that's sig- that's yeah, significant. Uh, that is significant because, as was revealed or pointed out um, on the, this is uh, EliteDaily.com, pointed out that um, Rogue One revealed itself to be the events that happened literally the week before Star Wars: A New Hope, by ending literally at the beginning of that film. Solo was a little more subtle, but just as effective, by having Chewbacca reveal his age is 190 years old. 
According to Smuggler's Run, a Han Solo and Chewbacca adventure, which is a Star Wars The Force Awakens prequel novel, and therefore part of the new expanded universe, Chewie was 180 years old at the Battle of Kashyyyk. So, following that logic, that means that the Solo, that Solo was set 10 years after Episode 3, when the Battle of Kashyyyk happened, and nine years before the events of Rogue One. Nine! Nine! <laughs> so it kind of puts it in the timeline, yeah. doing the math here. Math is hard, as we know. It's but, like when you go to the grocery store now and you're trying to get toilet paper and you can't figure out which is the bargain. Because everything is like, it's like eight rolls equals 14 rolls, you know, because right. of different plies. Right. It's like you have to do complex math to figure out which is the cheapest uh, roll of toilet paper. I just go to Costco. That's all I know. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was an interesting fact and, th- fact, and thank you for sharing that, Dave. Um, but I, I just love how... It's it's one throwaway line in a trailer, and all of the Star Wars nerds immediately get out their slide rules to start calculating exactly when from the Battle of Yavin this movie takes place. And and your point is, <laughs> I just love it. No, I, there I you go. Thank you. I just I I just absolutely love it because I'm like, yeah, hmm, checks out. 190. Yeah, that checks out. Greg, Greg, right. Greg, I've got to stop you while you're ahead. It's B B Y, my friend. It's before exactly. the yeah. Battle of Yavin. There you go. So other favorite scenes the, from this or trailer. Or the Yavin Massacre, if you're an Imperial point of view person. <laughs> well played. Well played, sir. I had friends on that Death Star. Are we still talking favorite scenes? Uh, I yeah, throw favorite a, I, scenes. Another Go. one is a Lando scene in this, and that is the line that he just, I mean, oozes out is, everything you've heard about me is re- is right is real yeah. is, or whatever it's true it's true as he's getting the drink from that floating oh, bartender yeah <laughs> yes yeah. so. wearing wearing a yellow fucking shirt that just should not work and like <laughs> i want to buy it that's I, I how was, good he looks in. Yeah. i'm already ordering that i'm gonna buy that shirt before i buy last jedi that's or there's I'm also <laughs> the other line where he tells him you know buckle up baby yeah right, buckle the up, look baby. that han gives him because you know han wants to be flying the ship he kind of <laughs> yeah. gives him like a like you know this really <laughs> bad stare like you know you're making me sit back here i caught oh, yeah. that too that was good stuff <laughs> now on the jumping to the train scene which is arguably my my favorite scene in in the whole thing and i know nothing about it other than it just looks cool they're they're shooting at troopers, right? That are on yeah. top of the train. What do you think that's about? Is it like some sort of transport? Are they on Corellia there? Maybe that's not. I the... think it's like an imperial transport that they're like trying to rob. Yeah, probably like a train heist sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Oh, that's. And cool. that maybe that you know that other gang that he has like the you know Wild West showdown with. Yeah. Is like comp- a p- competing gang trying to get the same thing because there is some scene in the other trailer with one of those people on the train that Woody's firing at. Yeah. Yeah. And you get that repeat shot yeah. of the uh, like the spaghetti western scene yeah. with down by the down by the holster. Oh yeah. And his hand. Oh, so good. Oh. And then the trackers jump out of the box car and chase them across a rocky territory, and they have to jump <laughs> into a river to get. Oh wait, that's a different movie. Great uh, movie though. <laughs> so is, is is this sequence going to be like almost a pure ripoff of Runaway Train or something? Is that what Eric Roberts and uh, who was the other one in that? Did anyone else see that movie, Runaway Train? Was no? that John Voight? John, John Voight. Oh, thank you. Nice pull. Wow, that's a good pull, Greg. Yeah. Thank you. Well done. What I'm here for. Someone hasn't been drinking enough. <laughs> uh, Nico, what, what what say you? What what's your favorite scene in this show, in this uh, trailer? The one with John Voight. 
<laughs> um, I'm pretty excited uh, excited for the quote unquote car chase scene when he yeah. like the scene starts out with him just doing a donut and then yeah. he takes <laughs> off and just around the corner. I'm excited for that. Um, because I don't know, like the physics of the Star Wars universe really intrigues me. So getting to see like them driving through a city on the speeder, yeah, is really interesting to see what kind of action and weird things. I'd like to see something like right off a And that seems so George Lucas, like going back to the American graffiti and his racing days. Yeah. It like seems yeah. like something he would have put in the film himself. Yeah. Well, it seems like there's a lot of that going on with Ron Howard at the Well, helm. he was a protege. I mean, yeah, he, definitely. He directed yeah. Willow for George, so. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which is, and, which is and not Ron... available on Blu-ray. Yeah, Ron, Ron mm-hmm. Howard's very first uh, directorial mm-hmm. effort was a uh, was a a car movie, yeah. Grand Theft Auto. Yep, Grand mm-hmm. Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. That's right, 1974, 75? Something like that. It's actually a really good movie, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm, th- I'm going back to something. D- Dave threw a uh, term out earlier I want to touch on real quick. The gang that we see him facing down. Dave, you mentioned Swoop, or Swoop by Gang. Yeah. That was a, a part of a, a lot of the old legend uh, expanded universe, and... Um, God, I'm going to try and think. There was a, a book, a multimedia event that happened in the 90s called Shadows of the, the Empire. Empire. Hmm. And there was a, a whole swoop gang in there that was just fantastic. And if this is any remnants or pieces of it, I'm excited. Because those swoop bikes, much like the speeder bikes in Return of the Jedi, are badass. And I, I'd love to see that happen in there. If, if it happens. But they there, kinda... were swoop, there, there were swoop gangs in uh, Knights of the Old Republic, too. The old PC game. Um, yep. But I don't remember if that was before or after Shadows of the Empire, to be honest. I don't remember. I think that came after because the Swoop Gang was introduced and then the idea of Swoop Gangs kind of like broadened out through the, the multimedia yeah. uh, Lucas Arts um, universe. Well, and another throwback they had, did you see the part with that weird whip, that like light whip? Yeah. That oh, had? yeah. A lot of people were saying that was like the vibroblades that they used to have in all the old books, or people were saying it might be oh. something like that. That's nice. Because they've never shown or had that in any of the movies before. I like it. I like it. So another callback, uh, ScreenRant.com pointing out that uh, Mimbians from Splinter of the Mind's Eye oh are present God. on film. Wow. I mean, you got to love how deep Ron Howard is getting into yeah. the into the old canon. Well, for the fact that they blew up Legends, they sure have brought back so a lot of it. I know, seriously. <laughs> Between Thrawn on Rebels and, you know. It, it's like the minor leagues of Star Wars. Yeah. You, know, you can pull up whoever you yeah, think is ready exactly. for the bigs, you know. It's like that guy in the Lakers the other night that went for 19 points, the 32-year-old <laughs> <Yeah>. rookie. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man. Oh, my God. That's so cool. God, splinters of, the Splinter of the Mind's Eye, that's, that's a poll right there. Guys, any anything else uh, before we move on? Yeah, I just kind of last thoughts because what what wanted me to come here today was the fact that you know, I'm, besides being a big Star Wars fan, I'm a huge Harrison Ford fan. My mm-hmm. favorite movie is Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love Indiana Jones almost as much as I, lo- as I love Star Wars, and it's just like it's it's been difficult since they announced that they were doing a Han Solo movie to think of anybody yeah. playing him other than Harrison Ford, and yet with the teaser trailer and this trailer, it's like. I'm just finally coming to terms, and I think a lot of Star Wars fans that were originally like, oh, not my not my Han Solo, yeah. are starting to realize, okay, I can like this, even though it's not Harrison Ford. You know, he may not look like Harrison Ford, he may not be as, you know, he'll, he'll never be as good as Harrison Ford, but 
you know, at some time you got to get the new James Bond. At some time you got to get the new, you know, Batman. And those characters have changed over time and time again. And it's like, it's just, ugh. I, I, I read books just picturing, all the Legends books, just picturing Harrison Ford playing this role for like 20 years. Yeah. And now I have to deal with this other guy playing it. And yet I'm freaking excited for this movie after that trailer. I'm just like, I'll... Yeah. I told you, like, you know, I'm in the room streaming it onto my TV from YouTube, and my wife's like, oh, are you watching that trailer again? And I'm all, yeah. And she's all like, it's just a trailer. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but I've only seen it like five times. Like, <laughs> Wait, it's just a trailer? Yeah, that's what my wife said. Oh, it's wow. just a trailer? Exactly. Oh. Is Mona Lisa just a painting? <laughs> wow. Is is Trump just an asshole? I mean, what's, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> well, so so talking about recasting, since yeah. you went there, I think we need to address this rumor uh, that was put out there with uh, talk about a lead-in <laughs> potentially recasting Carrie Fisher's role as our Big beloved news. Princess Leia with Meryl Streep. Yeah, I might have to take Big a break news. on this one. <laughs> this 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 was out there earlier this week. This one um widely reported, but I'm reading off of movieweb.com. Meryl Streep reported to replace Carrie Fisher as Leia in Star Wars 9. Uh of course we know that um Wait, Kath- can, can you go back up? I wanted to yeah. see what Rob Lowe's snack was. It's <laughs> a good looking man. There. It's, it's, a good, it's a it's a Atkins bar. Okay, okay. Oh, I just wanted to I was, was wondering what he was eating cuz <laughs> Sorry, that's <laughs> fine. No worries. <laughs> oh my God. So, so Kathleen Kennedy has said we are not going to digitally remake Carrie. That's not going to happen. Uh, but what about recasting her? Has anyone thought about this? I, Meryl Streep did play an older Carrie Fisher in Postcards from the Edge, so it wouldn't yeah. be the first time that she's replaced Carrie or, or played a different version of a character that Carrie is playing. Um, Greg, what do you what do you think about recasting this role? Does it make sense to do it? And um, well, I'm just curious. What do you what do you think? Uh, uh well, first uh, let me qualify this. Did this article come from MovieWeb.com? <laughs> <laughs> it this particular one did, but it was reported by other outlets as well. Okay, okay, yeah, and uh, and I think they all got the first of all. We gotta stop using MovieWeb as a, as the source because they are the absolute shit of the internet. I just, <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as the rumor goes, I I can't imagine seeing Meryl Streep um, recast in this role. I don't see any need to recast. I think it would just take everybody too far out of it. I don't think anybody is yeah. ready to see another actress playing a current version of Leia. Uh, you know, there, there. If they want to do a young Leia movie, they can recast it with the young Leia, and then maybe come back later on. I don't know, hmm. but no, nobody wants to see a different. And it's nothing. It's not a, a slight against Meryl Streep at all. Nobody wants. Nobody wants to see Leia. That's not Carrie Fisher. You know, yeah. nobody wants to see that. Dave, do you do you think that this feels like a movie industry sort of like, you know, a studio floating something out there into the public to see what the reaction is? I mean, that was my first thought. I, I think what this is, it, it's not quite that. I think what this is is like uh, in Washington, D.C., when you will see an advisor who wants their idea to actually become, you know, what is the policy of the country or the law of the land. So instead of actually trying to persuade their bosses to go along with it, they just leak it to the press to try to make it seem like, oh, the public's behind this idea and therefore it'll happen. I, 
I just mm. don't buy it. I think if they are going to recast Leia, it's going to be something like uh, when they recast Ori Main for the third North and South book on TV, like 10 years after the first two aired, where they just had somebody, they didn't get Patrick Swayze, they just got some dude that was Patrick Swayze's size and build to walk in the distance on the camera and then fall down when the gunshot rang out. And they announced mm. that uh, Ori Main was dead and just moved on with the story after that. Mm. Well, I think it's almost it? too late in the process to float it out there. I mean, because yeah. they pretty much had to, you know, once she died, you either have to, because she was supposed to be the main character of the third one. Right. They said yeah. the first was Hans, the second was Luke's, and the third was going to be Leia's, and they were building up to that whole Kylo Ren is probably going to have some kind of thing, you know, with his mother, some kind of scene or really important scene, and then, of course, she dies. So they either had to rewrite the script completely or decide to go in that direction of, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's or... too late in the process, though. I mean, uh, JJ just said that he just has the completed script just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it, it's, it's possible. I know, but if they're floating out now, is Meryl Streep okay to play this role if he's already written the script with mm. Leia in it? Yeah. And it doesn't go over well, then what are they going to do? Rewrite the script again and take Leia out well, of it? Yeah. There's, there's an interesting sidebar to that whole thing that also came out this week where Lucasfilm kind of oh so casually dropped it. Yeah. They have... Yeah high-res digital records of all the actors that play all the significant parts. And you can't necessarily do anything with those records right now today, but theoretically at some point in the future, they could, you know, they can recreate a Han Solo or a Mark Hamill or whatever and just have a, a completely computerized, digitized representation of them digitally that they can now manipulate because they need that for... CGI shots, CGI effects, and frankly, for a lot of the merchandising that they do. So if George Lucas buys Star Wars back 10 years from now, he could digitally replace Alden Ehrenreich with a young Harrison Ford. <laughs> <Yeah>. only... <laughs> well, and uh, Dave, just to back you up, this is from Inverse.com. This is Ben Morris, uh, who works with, uh, he was on, he was the uh, Last Jedi visual effects supervisor with Lucasfilm, he says, quote, we will always digitally scan all the lead actors in the film, Morris told Inverse. We don't know if we're going to need them. We don't intentionally scan them as an archive process. It's for reference later. So, yeah, they've got all the actors in a databank somewhere that... Uh, so know. it's kind of like Facebook, then. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Facebook for... For, uh, Cam for Lucasfilm. <laughs> You're nice. just data mining all their actors. Exactly. Oh man. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm I'm interested to see what they're gonna do. I mean, obviously, it's it, they've got some, boy, some big, big, big decisions to make here, with with Leia's character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I only mention that because if they were writing Leia in, but it wasn't a significant role, like let's say it's just like a a Force Ghost appearance for one brief scene or something. All right, maybe you want to see if you can cast Meryl Streep or fill in the blank famous actress. But if nobody likes it, well, do you try to use your digitized thing and just have her say her three or four key lines that she needs to? She's a force ghost. I mean, come on. But but she's not dead in the in the trilogy. So you're going to have to have a storyline or a plot line that starts off with the main character already dead. See, this is the problem. Yeah. You can't just Make you you can't tell a story about the reason that she's not on screen with this character. You've got to show it. I, they have to have Leia in Episode Nine. So if, she survived Episode Eight, unless they do a big time jump. I mean, because she I don't know. Which, 
that's a good point. But then what do you do with Daisy and, and John and those characters? But here's here's the funny thing though about that, that there is no time jump from Force Awakens to Last yeah, Jedi. Right. So it would be an interesting artistic take on the next film if they had to jump. But through. you're almost going to have to do a time jump to a certain extent because otherwise you have a movie where there's 20 uh, resistance fighters <laughs> trying to take on the entire right. yeah. First Order. No, exactly. You're 100% right on that. You, they almost have to do one. And they did time jumps uh, on virtually all of the other movies. Even between Empire and Return of the Jedi, yeah. I think you had a, a time jump of probably you know, six or seven months. Mm -hmm. I, th I thought it was longer, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a, like a couple years. Or yeah, yeah, I year, thought it was a couple years year between some of those. But, yeah, Han but was, yeah, yeah go ahead. point taken. No, I, I find that fascinating. That's It's going to be an interesting twist when they get to that. It's actually throwing me more for a loop than all the, the speculation and everything we did for Last Jedi. Yeah. I don't know. But the next movie's going to open with Broom Boy. He's going to be 20 <laughs> years old, and he'll be leading the resistance, and, you know, you go off from there. <laughs> Broom Boy. So it turns out Ryan just set J.J. up perfectly for Broom Boy. Oh, yeah. damn it. Star Wars Episode Nine: Broom Boy Returns. You're just According to IMDb, Return of the Jedi takes place roughly a year after The Empire okay. Strikes Back. That makes sense. Right. Okay. Sorry, Brad. There's a, little, there's a little lag here. It's kind of hard to, to catch it all the time. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, well. No, no, it's all good. Uh, yeah, so all you're doing is just opening up fresh healed wounds from Last know, Jedi, I man. Know. We're trying to move on. Yeah, We're trying to move on from that. Han we've, Solo. Let's we've talk talked that Solo. thing to death, man. <laughs> Let's, right, any, let's talk more about all those great documentaries on the Last Jedi oh, DVD so that Scott's never going to get to see. Well, so until, good and emotional. I mean, <laughs> until some pirate puts them oh. on YouTube, and then Scott will see them. <laughs> I can't uh, not believe you have not purchased it yet. I Come on, man! I don't. Wow. I know. I know. When Mark Hamill and Frank Oz reunite on set, I mean, I know. Yeah. Don't, I can't tell you. We've been arguing this since <laughs> December. <laughs> oh, it's painful. Well, since we're having this conversation, oh. I gotta, I gotta back uh, Scott up here. Uh oh! Because what? a friend of mine who is a listener on the show of the show, I will say, uh, he has not been on the show, although I've asked him a few times, and he's he's a little shy, so he doesn't want to come on. But he listens every week, uh, and uh, longtime friend of mine, Brian. So I'm trying to find Brian's text here. I might have to fix this in post if it takes me a second to find <laughs> here, it. Here, can you take a selfie of me with the pork while he's doing that? Because it seems like this is going to take a minute. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Go don't get too close to it. It's sticky. Oh, see? You see how that goes? Okay, here we go. Uh, right there. <clears throat> it's like a roach motel. You can get on it, That's but you beautiful. can't get off. That's <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> it's like one of those sticky pads that you put on the ground to capture awesome. spiders. Uh, see if those are okay. That is the first uh, <laughs> selfie that's ever been okay. taken with that thing. And if I still had Darb, he would have taken a picture with oh, him, too. Oh, that would have been awesome. You know what? I'll Photoshop a picture of Darb, Darb with the Porsche. All right. So uh, my friend Brian messaged me, and he says, um, I said, what are your problems with The Last Jedi? He says, one, it ruined Luke. Like, essentially didn't do, much, do too much and then dies. This is my friend Brian's. Okay. Right, backing you up. Two, the parents being no one, the lamest thing you could do. Three, no more characterization for Snoke or Phasma, and I don't want to read about them. I want it in the movie. 
Sounds like something yeah. somebody on this show of said course. more than once. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on and he says, uh, I enjoyed seeing The Last Jedi, but now I'm a little hollow inside. I'm not the same Brian you knew. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just going to say, every single one of those criticisms he had was wrong. <laughs> Last thing he says, he says, he says, my son, my son said he saw the last Jedi in the store and flicked it off. <laughs> so he's training his boy. So you got a, you got a fan out there, Scott. He's I, got you back on this. I got one fan. <laughs> so, so there is there is one point he made there that I want to I want to jump back to, and maybe it's it's too much or too late to talk about on tonight's podcast, but. When he talks about how there's no more Snoke or Phasma, and I don't want to read about it in the books, I want to see it in the movies. Yeah, there, there is a conversation to be had there about how Disney is handling the storytelling and the character development and the the brand building, for lack of a better term, for Star Wars, through having all of these tie-ins that fill in kind of extraneous details about you know the lesser characters that's not on film like you have to buy this big novel and read this whole novel to read about how Hol who Holdo is and how she knows Leia and where this character came from or yeah. Captain Phasma who has like 15 good lines oh but here's a book that we think is that you'll think is really cool even though we just killed her off in the stupidest way possible in in the last Jedi is that really doing a long-term service to what the Star Wars brand is that these these products are now so integrated that you almost have to buy them to fill in some of these gaps whereas before because it was a little the expanded universe was a little squishier you you didn't have to it's like the expanded universe was this whole other world that if you wanted to explore it you could or you could just stay over here with the the mainstream movies did i did i ask that well scott you're the other big eu person here oh you know i'm gonna go off on this dave <laughs> you know i am look and i know brad's here in the in the uh steve vaults uh, and I'm going to be very sensitive about this because I know you're a Disney guy. Yeah. And and you know what? I really like Disney. I understand their business model, but it is something that has been just and we've discussed this on the show, but it has been bothering me to no end. And are you saying that Bob Iger doesn't know what he's doing? Please don't put Bob me to Iger. Sleep. <laughs> there we go. I'm I'm out. Um, so. It, my, my problem is, is I know Disney wants to make another three, four, five billion dollars off this franchise. Kudos to them. But you want to have an entity like what Lucas made originally. You want to have a complete trilogy of films. <clears throat> and now a new trilogy of films that's coming out and all these side films that we're getting. Fantastic. You're going to make seriously 20. 30 billion dollars you're already on the way to make that so what's wrong with having a book to read in between the movies to keep your keep you in the star wars universe well, wait, and also i think we already did that back in legends i mean i read the tales from moss Eisley's cantina or the tales of the bounty hunters there was a whole like you know 100 page story about ig88 trying to like take over the world basically right, right. and you only saw ig88 on the screen for like what and three seconds how right. did that affect your love of the of the movies i just kept reading more books <laughs> so and, true. until i got through the vong series and by then i was just exhausted after 19 books and half the universe being destroyed <clears throat> now wait i'm going to add to that <laughs> ig88 was a was a all all six bounty hunters that we see on on the bridge of the star yeah. destroyer are fantastic and 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 mysterious boba fett is the one that we're supposed to focus on 
And Boba Fett, we don't get a lot of backstory, but we get enough, just given enough that there's some history there. Yeah. Just by one or two lines. Vader says a line, this time no disintegrations. Yeah. Ooh, what the hell did he do last time? And Vader knows that this guy disintegrates people. Right. There's some badassery yeah. going on between those two. And then you learn that there's some other history later on in the next film. You know Han has some connection to the bounty hunter. You know, you, you do get some of that history there, and it's it draws you in more. It may, Phasma, holy crap. I had, at one point, I'm like, they could have done so much with Phasma's character in, in less than what they showed and more substance. Like, the stuff that I was reading about the books and the comics, fantastic stuff. But my God, I want to know how evil she really is. Not just, oh, uh, I just got punched or whatever, knocked out by a Wookiee, and I'm, I'm about to press the trash compactor yeah. button, and I'm the one shutting down the whole damn shield. She has got to be one of the mo uh, most disappointing Star Wars characters that was hyped up to be like the right. next Boba Fett, and then you're just like, oh, okay, well, she wasn't good in Force Awakens. Maybe she'll do something in the next film. Nope. Didn't do much in that film either. <laughs> now she's dead. <laughs> and, and, you know what? We, how many times have we seen that in the theater? Four, five, six times, right? Mm -hmm. You go back and you watch Last Jedi, and her re-entry into that film franchise is unbelievable. Like, it takes forever to get her back in, and she's instantly tossed off the ledge. And I'm like... Well, they were... And she was really just kind of, like, shoehorned in there, because there was... It wasn't, like, a logical reason why she was back in the film. It's just like, oh, I gotta do something with this character, you know, yeah. that the other director yeah. left me. And that's my only problem with the with Disney and the Star Wars thing, is they have this story group, and they're supposed to be planning all this stuff out, but you can tell that they didn't, like... Lucas would plot out all three films. Oh, it would yeah. take him, you know, six yeah. years to make them. Yeah. But he knew, like, from beginning to the end, except for, you know, oh, I'm going to change this and make him his father, which he didn't know at first. But he, he had, like, a main idea for how the story was going to go, where yes. Disney seemed to be like, oh, okay, here's J.J. Abrams' film. Uh, here's an idea you can work with, Ryan. Or you can write your own thing, whatever you want to do. And it's kind of like now J.J.'s got it back going, oh, okay, you killed off a couple of my characters, and <laughs> I was actually going to make Ray somebody's daughter. <laughs> now what do I do? Right. So it's like the fact that if you have this story group, then why aren't you planning out the trilogy before you start doing the first one? Right. And, and we've talked about that where we've said that people have seemed to say that they've actually, J.J. had some sort of plot thing. I don't see it. I yeah. don't see that happening. I see three different entities of groups not working together very well. Yeah. It was the, uh, and they were was, even going to have a third director, Colin Trevorrow, was going to do the, write and do the third one. Right, so right. who knows what he would have done. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was in the art of The Last Jedi, and also in the documentary, I think, Ryan talks about how they were planning out uh, The Last Jedi uh, at the same time they were filming yeah. The Force Awakens. I haven't seen that documentary. Yeah. You may never. I may yeah, never see that. Great right. documentary. <laughs> Well, guys, we are gonna we're gonna move on from this, and uh, unless anyone else final thoughts about the trailer, are we done? Are we good? Are we moving on? I'm solid on it. All right, all right. Yeah. I think I think it's I think we got six thumbs up at the very least for this trailer. Yeah, I'm you, know, you know that documentary. The only documentaries I've liked better were if you have the five disc Blade Runner suitcase. Oh, that yeah. thing's awesome. That documentary, yeah. or like the original Lord of the Rings. They had like three hours worth of stuff on everything. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, from the making of the swords to anything. So I would say the documentary you're missing out on is in that class. Oh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's pretty strong. Yeah. And and and, and yeah. No, I, I agree. It's strong. Okay, well let me ask you guys this, all of you. 
because I actually don't own this. I know some people on this podcast don't believe me. Dave. <coughs> yeah. And me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Greg, you too? Oh yeah, ah. I'm convinced. <laughs> Whatever. No, but I'm 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 <laughs> predicting you're going to own it in the next thirty days. All right. Well, my GoFundMe is only up to like two dollars. So, <laughs> um, so no. My other question is: besides this killer documentary, how are the deleted scenes? Are they the better ones- than the oh. Force Awakens? The Good. Force Awakens seemed yeah. like yeah. these should have been left on the cutting room floor. Where okay. a couple of these scenes, like the the one where Ray goes down to stop the raid yeah. of the caretakers, that was like. Put that back in the film and take the milking scene out. Yeah, and and, and you get Luke um, mourning Han at his desk. Then we talked about this yeah. two weeks ago, where Han is at, or Luke is at in his hut, and he sort of has a moment where he's kind of tears up a little bit, and he's thinking about Han. That's a deleted scene, which is fantastic. I I like the alternate take of a uh, of uh, Phasma and Finn's fight. I like that one a lot yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of stuff with. Finn that was left on the cutting room floor, and it was yeah. it was probably a good decision time wise because the movie was long enough as it was. Yeah. And my one of my critique, I loved the Last Jedi a lot more than you did, obviously, Scott. It's okay, but <laughs> I felt like you could have taken Finn completely out of the movie and it wouldn't have changed a thing. Wow, yeah. I mean, he, it was literally like they they wrote a story for him as an afterthought, and I and and yeah. like you know that whole you know Canto bite and all that stuff. It's like. His character and his journey in the story affects none of the story. They don't succeed in their mission. Yeah. What he does on on crate, he doesn't succeed in that mission because the girl knocks him over. <laughs> right. Yeah. Every, he's a failure. So I mean, but, but but literally, like his story was like, oh, we have this really cool character from the first movie, but Ryan Johnson's like, yeah, but I really don't have anything for him. So yeah. let me just scribble in this little side uh, yeah. side story. Yeah, oh yeah, Canto Bite is a source. Uh, I think but the deleted those, scenes yeah. are still cool as deleted scenes are like, oh, that would have been cool maybe if this was like another thing yeah. that wasn't, you know, going to make this like a three-hour movie. Yeah. Some of the stuff was interesting, like the part where the one guy recognizes him in the elevator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Stormtrooper recognizes Finn. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's like, hey, 2187, like, what Finn's happened? Finn's starting oh, to reach for his gun now. thinking the guy's going to like, you know, turn on him or yeah. whatever. And it's a famous actor. It's um, oh. in, in Tom Hardy, isn't Tom it? Tom Hardy, yeah. yes. Good pull, what? Greg. Serious? Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's Tom Hardy. Yeah, John Voight. So, so Brad, Brad, you are just just up front right now. If you're always going to help us rub Scott's nose in it, I just want to say you are always, always welcome on this podcast. Oh, man. Man. I know I speak for all my fellow co-hosts with this. Oh, absolutely. You're welcome to come over anytime. <laughs> <laughs> did did I post something for his birthday? Because I'm going to take that down. No, you take it down. <laughs> no, I take, take it down. down. All, right, all right. So there is uh, there is some uh, some additional uh, the last Jedi news that we have to cover, guys. And interestingly, uh, actually, a really great catch by this fan who's who was able to break down a scene on the Blu-ray and caught uh, an edit that they did. Have you seen this yet? No. I okay. Not. So, so this is a, this is that. No, he hasn't, Steve. So this is at comic. <laughs> <laughs> this we is at, just uh, talking about it. He hasn't seen it. Not the Blu-ray. <laughs> this is comicbook.com. So I'm going to play this for you now. So this is, uh, this is the scene where Ray and Kylo are fighting the Praetorian guards and it's a five second clip here. So and it'll loop so you can, you can, uh, can see it if you go to comicbook.com it's uh you can play this and uh so this is ray who is fighting a praetorian guard 
And now, what I want you to watch on this is the Praetorian Guard's left hand. There's a blade, no blade. Blade, no blade. Hmm. And the reason there's no blade in the left hand is that in that pose, you can see the Praetorian Guard would easily be able to shove it through Ray and hmm. take her out. Hmm. So the thought is, well... That was a continuity error that they did with the choreography, and they had to clean it up by erasing that blade in the left hand. But if you look, if you go back, she goes down. It looks like she could have knocked it out of his hand. Maybe, but he's got his hand out. Yeah, but look right here. Like she does something before it switches the angle. I don't know. It's debatable. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm going to have to do? Yeah. I'm going to have to get the Blu-ray. <laughs> for show prep. For show yeah. prep. Yeah. yeah. I, that's, that's a good excuse to break your word. So if you want to help a Wretched Hive <laughs> podcaster out, go to my GoFundMe page. <laughs> well, don't depend on uh, revenues from the sale of the app because that's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. All right. Uh, another story here related to John Boyega that he may be being tapped to play a superhero or had a, at least had a conversation about playing a superhero in the Marvel Universe. Uh, this is also on comicbook.com. The Star Wars and Pacific Rim Uprising star. By the way, anyone see that Pacific Rim Uprising? Not, Not the second one, no. Not yeah, the, I was a huge fan of the first one, but um, this one's getting bad reviews. So I, I just want you to go back up to that video clip. The interviewer has a very uncomfortable mustache. Does it look... <laughs> Does it look a little... Looks like a little, a little bit of a... Looks like he should be in Napoleon Dynamite or something. Yeah. Uh, it's like, vote for vote for the interviewer. God, <laughs> shut up! Uh, let's see. The, uh, I Star think I'm a freaking idiot! Give me some of your tots. Uh, the Star Wars and Pacific Rim Uprising star recently addressed the possibility of him entering the Marvel Cinematic Universe during an appearance at AwesomeCon. I uh, said Boyega revealed that he's had meetings with Marvel about potentially taking on a Marvel superhero. Do they say who? They did not say who. At this point, is there any actor who hasn't played a Marvel superhero? <laughs> That's, a good point. That's a great point. Yeah. Ben Affleck. <laughs> I think he's tied up in another... Uh, oh, he's he was Daredevil. Daredevil. Another Daredevil. universe. He was he's Daredevil. He's too busy getting back tattoos. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he was. Affleck was Daredevil? In the original film. Yeah, yeah it was terrible. Oh. It's a it's a non Marvel Cinematic Universe film at this point. Yeah, kind of oh, yeah. like Ryan Reynolds in Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, what else do I have here? Oh, talking about Disney and uh, and uh, Bob Iger. Bob Iger. There is a story here about. Um, well, there's uh, demo footage released uh, on a website called WDWNT. That's Walt Disney World News Today. They've got demo footage of the Millennium Falcon attraction. So if you haven't checked that out, um, you need to go to WDWNT.com. Have you watched it yet? I have. It's awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It I, says, breaking test footage of the Millennium Falcon attraction in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I love the added feature when they show you how they shot it, the high definition kind of warps on the end. Yeah. And they tell you how it's going to fit into the attraction when it can move around inside the cockpit bubble of the Falcon. That looks yeah. fantastic. They put the mat over it so you can see how you're going to see it as a as a, the person driving the Falcon. Yeah, it looks like it's flying through some like Death Star like some sort of 
base or something. Yeah, you're yeah. knocking over right. AT-ATs at one yeah. point. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, they fall like dominoes. That was awesome. Yeah, pretty neat. Pretty cool footage there. Um, all right, last story here. We covered that one. Um, let's see. We've got uh, Simon Pegg talking about J.J. Abrams and how he had a different story for Ray's parentage. Thank and you. What I really liked about this is when uh, Dave put this on our on our thread and Skywalker. He said, by the way, still not a Kenobi. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Skywalker. <laughs> Skywalker. We'll get that. We'll. we'll... I th- I think at this point I actually am a Kenobi though. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make a lot of Adobe. That's for sure. Kenobi, Adobe. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, last story of the day before we wrap it up here. Uh, Mark Hamill. Internet superstar Mark Hamill been all over the news lately. Uh, American treasure. American treasure, Mark Hamill. Sure. Twitter, awesome dude. Yeah. He's all over all over social media. Well, he was in the news again a couple weeks ago when we neglected to mention it. So I'm throwing it in here because it's just too weird and bizarre <laughs> to not discuss on the show. Uh, Mark Hamill did a, a an appearance on a German television show. That was a sort of a send-up of Star Wars. This is in 1980. And uh, Mark, well, he speaks German on the show, guys. It's fantastic. That's right. Luke Skywalker speaks German on this on this clip here. This is Mark on Twitter saying, I remember not wanting to wear a gold jumpsuit like a rejected member of ABBA. What's he got against ABBA? I don't know. I don't know. That's awesome. Or if I could memorize dialogue in a foreign language but thought, who cares? No one outside of Germany will ever see this. Thanks to the internet, nothing ever goes away. Here we go. Mark Hamill on German television from 1980. <laughs> is that Ming the Merciless? I have no it? idea, but that's just solid gold. That is, yeah. Just... I, I am, I am hopeful that's going to be either our new intro or outro music, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need to make that happen. <laughs> we need to build that in. Oh, it's yeah. got to be a regular clip. Oh yeah, that's too good, man. I love Mark. It's fantastic. The fact that it's recorded off a, uh, a 1980 era VHS tape, but that's okay. <laughs> that actually makes it cool. Did you watch the whole yeah. thing? I no, I could not sit through the whole thing. I watched that you whole did. thing and not the Last Jedi. Can you oh believe my that? God. Yeah. So. Wow. What is wrong with Scott you? Scott has dude? that on Blu-ray. And you just the whole feature with you know Andy Serkis who plays Snoke, right? Yeah. They have a whole scene where they act he's actually on set the whole time. Oh. So they have a whole scene of him acting his ass off as Snoke that you're missing out on too. Oh, oh my god. It's the Star Wars Tweet of the Week! Yahoo! Really? Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Greg, what do you got for us this week? Guys, we live, as you all know... We're through the looking glass, people. Black is white, up is down. Things are crazy out there. And thank God we 
have Death Star VR to pull us through these dark, dark times. So I have from uh, April the 9th, earlier this week, it says, Mace Windu broke into the offices of Senator Palpatine. It's a total Sith hunt. It's an attack on our galaxy. He either realized the error of his ways and completely voluntarily zapped himself with force lightning, cut off his own hand, and threw himself out the window. <laughs> oh, that's just beautiful. All right. Somehow I don't somehow I don't think our current governmental situation will revolve, resolve itself the same way. <laughs> One can only hope. Oh. With, with Robert Mueller dropping and jumping out of a window, it might happen. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Give us a plug, Brad! Uh, thank you guys for letting me join you to talk some hands solo. You can find me at the Super Fantastic Terrific Podcast, the Mouse Minute, which is my Disney blog, or the Pineapple Man, which is my Tiki blog. And nice. I just like to say, hashtag free the porg. If we get enough uh, hashtags, we might try to do something about this poor little guy here. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh, I give that porg exactly what it wants Ooh. every single night, sometimes twice. The, ba- the batteries have died out on it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he looks sad. Oh, man. <laughs> on, on another note, I personally want to thank Brad for his choice of uh, formal wear tonight. I thank approve you. of the Shag Tiki shirt. I wore the exact same shirt to Steve's party on Sunday. <laughs> Did you wash it before yeah, you came it was, to it was a little sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you haven't found our app, yet. Go on the iTunes store. Download our app. It's free. You can follow the show. It's a fun little thing to have on your iPhone. Artwork done by my daughter, by the way, um, Sarah Baldwin. Yep. Give her a plug for Sarah Baldwin's uh, art career. She's doing quite well. And uh, she designed our new logo for us, guys. Uh, If you have ever made love to a porg in my garage, call our phone and call our hotline (laughs) Let us know all about it. Uh, that's at 562-455-4483. The that's not a sting operation, we promise. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E, in case you can't spell HIVE. You can also find us on the web at our home on the web. That's www.theretchedhive.net. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Podcast. You can tweet at us at Pod. And uh, episode 59, guys, is in the books. Final thoughts. No, nope. Not at all. <laughs> I know you have something there, Scott. I actually do. I want to say this. You mentioned this earlier. Uh, I agree about the Han Solo comment you made. Uh-huh. Uh, those early trilogy books, At Star's End, oh, yeah. Revenge, all great stuff. It's good to see it all kind of coming into yeah. this movie. Brad, you were a very welcome part thank of the you. show. Thank you for joining. Well, thank you, guys. Nico, Dave, Greg, Scott. Thank you, sirs. Another show's in the books. And guys, this week, May the Force be with us all. Bitches. <laughs> ah, I missed the Chewbacca call at the end oh. there. Did you, oh, you stopped? Aww. No, we're, oh, I always record all the important oh, stuff, yeah. as you know. <laughs> all the pre-shows. <laughs>